if your audience is listening out there and they want to be active or just start and get in, into real estate, it's realize mm-hmm. that there's a lot of tough roads ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but real estate is proven to be, you know, the breeding ground for millionaires and billionaires because right. of how you can uh, create passive income or active income within this within this business. So know that although it may be tough, you're in a position where you can grow substantially as yeah. long as you're willing to put in the work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cashflow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have Zachary Beach here today. Say hi, Zach. Aaron, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Always uh, humbled to be brought on any podcast. So I appreciate your time, uh, and I look forward to bringing some value to your audience. Awesome, awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, you know, I'm really, I was really impressed when I was uh, talking with your, your father a few months ago, and, and what he does with the business, and I really liked. Uh, your model there and the seller financing end of it. Um, but let's, before we break into all that and how that works, let's talk about a little bit of your story and how you got started with uh, real estate investing. Yeah, Aaron, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, so when I uh, I went off to college, like w- what most of us do, but unfortunately, uh, while I was in college, I realized I had zero idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, so when I left there, I became a bartender and I actually bartended for, uh, wow, uh, four years and personal trained as well. So as you can imagine, uh, working late nights bartending and then waking up super early in the morning to personal train gets a little old and you get burnt out real fast. Um, so after about doing that for about four or five years, I started to realize because I made roughly $25,000 salary uh, or in tips at bartending and maybe I pulled in another 10 or 12 grand being a personal trainer. So Obviously, I wasn't the best at either one of those. So I, I started searching for some uh, additional things to, to do. And I went to my father-in-law, Chris, who had been in real estate for a long period of time. And I went to him and said, hey, I don't know if I'm going to like real estate. I, I know nothing about it, but I'd like to uh, I'd like to have a conversation and see if it made sense for, for me to join uh, and more or less partner with you. So after uh, about a month or two, I started making cold calls. Uh, very active. I was cold calling expired listings. So I was doing that in between, you know, my two gigs. Uh, and, uh, and after about six months, I decided to basically leave the other positions uh, as a bartender, as a personal trainer and dove um, deep into in real estate because uh, it took me roughly about that six months to get my first deal done. Mm. And that's when I, you know, transitioned and, and looking seven years now, you know, I've participated in thousands of these deals around the country and have, have completed personally, you know, hundreds of them locally here in Southern New England. Uh, it's been a, a, a great journey. Uh, I could say that it's, it's um, you know, it has not been easy. Real estate is, is definitely simple, but not easy. Uh, it's definitely a grit game uh, when it comes to buying some real estate. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed the journey and we could dive in further if you want, but th- those are my uh, humble beginnings. Very cool. Yeah, it is really about grit, you know, and I appreciate you say that because uh, one of the concerns you ever meet people in the education industry of real estate and they're like, oh, it's it's a walk in the park. Any idiot mm. can do this. You just put some letters out and people call and you buy their house for 50 percent off. And uh, then you flip it to another guy for the full price. You know? <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's actually a ton of grit. It's a ton of uh, banging your head against the wall to make something happen, improving your systems every single day, figuring out where the weakest link is. Um, <clears throat> I know you guys focus on that over there. 
Um, and uh, so that's what so you were doing cold calling of expired listings. I actually got started very similar to that. I would call uh, short sales that had expired and I would tell the uh, homeowner, yeah, the property, what realtors used to do in like 2009 is they would list the properties at what they owe to the bank, right? Where the homeowner owed to the bank and that's way off. So they'd list a home that was worth 300,000 for 550 because that's what they owed to the bank. But really you got to list it for 285. So you get bids coming in and then you get that offer to the bank and you convince them to do a short sale. So uh, that's how I started with calling expired listings. But that that's a grind, man. That is a tough way to go to get started. But it's you almost have to do that to kind of have, you know, get your, your badge and and kind of get your hits, you know, your licks. And and that's important important. I'm sure your father-in-law said, I, I'm not gonna let you walk right in and and uh, be the CEO here. You gotta, you know, know how this business works and, and start from the bottom up. So I appreciate that. You know? Yeah, Aaron, it's 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 actually quite comical because we get that that perspective on occasion. That's like, hey, that's that's great. You start working with your father-in-law. Like, how hard could that really be? Like, he wants to make sure that his daughter has like some some good support. Yeah. But the truth is, because uh, I also work with my brother-in-law as well, and we still to this day buy and sell real estate together. And uh, we only get paid when we do deals. Like, everybody gets a, a piece of the profit share, and the rest goes to operating the business. So it wasn't like any money was guaranteed. So actually leaving, you know, it, it may have been a, a small amount of money to, to most now, you know, $35,000, $40,000 between bartender and personal training, you know, to just, just completely cut that off was, was a bit of a, uh, you know, a gamble. I was mm-hmm. gambling on myself. It was a bit of a gamble because I knew now I had to go from doing nothing in real estate to being a real estate professional and to be able to produce deals on a, a monthly or weekly basis. So that way, you know, my family could be able to be supported. Um, so it's a great perspective. And uh, and that's what I also like about real estate as well. Because look, I grew up with a single mother uh, and she was a cashier at Lowe's. Uh, my father really wasn't in the picture much. Um, so basically everything that we ever accomplished was, was through pure grit and will power. Um, so as soon as I jumped into real estate and I started to realize that, look, this, this could be a grit game. Like this could be, uh, where if I just put in work and learn and continue to, uh, improve, I can sell or outpacing other real estate investors, mm-hmm. or, or I can start being competitive in this industry. And that's when I started to realize, oh, well, real estate is definitely a, a space for me. Uh, because, you know, I just had to build up that, that strength or that skill set throughout my entire life, just kind of handling those uh, uh, ins and outs of, of trying to really accomplish everything through, through pure grit and will uh, by having a single mom and not really getting anything handed to me. So yeah. as soon as I dove in, then it was, uh, that I knew I was in the right place. So if your audience is listening out there and they want to be active or just start and get in, into real estate, it's realize that there's a lot of tough roads ahead Mm-hmm. Um, but real estate is proven to be, you know, the breeding ground for millionaires and billionaires because right. of how you can uh, create passive income or active income within this, within this business. So know that although it may be tough, you're in a position where you can grow substantially as yeah. long as you're willing to put in the work. Oh, absolutely. You know, what's funny about real estate is I feel like all of us have to come to a crossroads. We're like, am I going to really, am I going to do this? Am I going to quit my steady income? Am I going to throw away something that's, 
okay. That's getting me along in life. And, you know, maybe I'll be promoted to the next level and I'll get a few more nickels every month and maybe I'll get a 401k and, you know, who knows, I'll get a, a label on my door that makes me feel really good about, but you're still working for you know someone else. You're still kind of building someone else's dream. And in the back of your head, you, you know that, and there's nothing wrong with working for a company. And, and that's a great way to, to build the build wealth over time if you're smart with the income. But that plunge, that idea of working for yourself, you know, saying, I, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, really take a risk here and sacrifice everything I've, I've built to this point now to go down this route. You know, I remember when I was a realtor, my my third year in, I was doing quite well with it. I figured it out. I've gotten those short sales down, started moving those and worked with a lot of investors. And I, I knew my passion was always with investing and owning real estate. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, one day I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to stop being a realtor every day, I'm going to start being a real estate investor. And the two businesses did have some similarities, but really being a realtor is a whole different gig than yeah. finding, analyzing, raising capital, buying, managing, building a management company, owning real estate, investing with real estate. It's, it's a whole different job and you can be only in one place at one time. So, uh, you know, taking that plunge and throwing away that, that income that was coming in and knowing I'm going to go from selling 40 houses a year to selling three, but, uh, you know, building my wealth from uh, $0 a year from wealth up to millions in wealth was, was the goal there. But it took years and definitely took a sacrifice of income, definitely a number of years where I stopped making, all, you know, when you're making six figures and then you stop, you know, that's yep. the hardest part, yeah. right? It was a whole lifestyle built around it, you know? Yeah, there's a, a lot of our, our coaching students or we call associates have have been able to make that plunge from having a six-figure job or even a five-figure job into being full-time real estate investors. And the major difference is you got to have a, a huge why. And I, I know that this is almost being uh, thrown around out there too often now uh, since Simon Sinek uh, made it really popular with, with your why. Mm -hmm. But if you have a huge vision and if you have a huge why or purpose pulling you towards that vision, then then having those uh, more or less that, that crossroads becomes real easy to make that decision because look, if, Aaron, I'm sure you knew at the time you're like, look, I have, I don't want to be a realtor all the time. I, I want to grow this massive amount of, uh, of wealth through real estate investing. And I, I believe this path's going to get me there. And I have these, this why, and, and I'm not sure what it is to you, but it's driving you. Then it's really a no brainer when we show up to these crossroads. Like when, when I was sitting there and I was saying uh, 24 years old, I'm like, do I just keep bartending or do I, you know, more or less bet on myself to, mm. to say, yeah, I'm going to be good at real estate. It was no brainer to me. I quit the job immediately because I was like, I know where I want to be in the future. And I know that I was built for more than just being a, a bartender. Um, and so that decision becomes real easy. So again, if listeners are out there and they're like, hey, I'm not sure if I should put one foot uh, or keep one foot in or completely jump. If you have the financial set aside where you can be comfortable, right, to be able to withstand this entrepreneurship journey, at yeah. least the gap, mm -hmm. then, and you believe that you're built for something more, then it's time to, to start making that decision, at least putting things in motion to move into a, a full-time real estate investment or becoming entrepreneurs over here where, you know, you bet on yourself, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, you control your destiny, which is the most important thing to me. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I've also met, people that have a really good position at a really good company are doing quite well, love what they do and they're great at it. And you can tell they're kind of meant to be that, you know, you're mm -hmm. in, and yeah. uh, in that case, I always say, listen, 
real estate is kind of glamorized, you know, with the whole HGTV and the DYTV. It's all fun and games and you take an ugly home, you make it beautiful and you're a hero. It's all glamorized and the media makes it look really easy. And uh, that's always, I can't even watch those HGTV shows. They drive me mad. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I, and so people like that, you know, they have a good position in a good company. They're working hard. They enjoy what they do. Um, I think sometimes they, they, it's almost like the grass is always greener on the other side. And, and I say, no, stay, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting away that capital and invest passively in real estate and work with a group that's going to really know what they're doing, have made their mistakes, have their boots in the ground, have their infrastructure in place. Uh, you know, cause breaking out and starting just to buy, there's a learning curve. There's a cost to that. You're going to make your mistakes. It's going to be frustrating. You need to set aside hours to find the real estate and manage it. So it's really, you know, it's not a one size fits all industry. You know, there's lots of ways to dabble real estate. You could do it passively. You could do it actively. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's not an answer for everyone. It's got to, you know, kind of be a soul searching thing. And, but I think the passive side of it too, a lot of my investors really get um, a, a huge benefit from that. They learn what we're doing, you know, they see what we're doing, they, they get the updates, they feel involved in, in the investment, even though they're not lifting things day to day and doing the headaches of, of the management, um, it's still it's all the transparency and kind of education along the way of investing in that asset, I think is a little more fun than an index fund or something like that. And, uh, but on the active side, so let's talk about what you guys do with the seller financing here. If we could transition into some uh, real estate nitty gritty here. Um, so, you know, you guys have basically figured out how to flip real estate and move real estate and make uh, some fees and, and, and capital over time without taking on debt, right? And personally guaranteeing debt. Um, and so how do you guys do that? Yeah, I, I love that too. And just to, to piggyback what you're saying, and that's, there's so many different niches in real estate. So that way everyone could participate in that. Um, yeah, if you love your job, then definitely uh, passively invest. I think that's rather important. And and also, even though we're active in real estate, we also passively invest too. So we buy some multifamilies and things like that, but I'm not going to manage the property myself. I would, that is not my cup of tea at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I will we'll put some money in and have somebody else manage the property. But to, to talk about some seller financing, yeah, so when we talk about seller financing or owner financing, uh, we're talking about buying and selling real estate without using our own, our own cash, you know, investing, uh, pulling a bunch of investor capital or, uh, or signing personally on any of these loans. Um, what we do is we approach a seller, uh, primarily sellers that have free and clear property, so no mortgage on them. And we go to them and we say, hey, you know, I'm interested in buying your property. Would you uh, hold a mortgage for me? So if they, if they agree to hold the mortgage, then we structure the terms of that mortgage. Uh, we'll close on it. We'll take title. The seller will hold a first position on the property. And then typically our mortgages are structured through uh, zero interest or, or principal only payments. Mm-hmm. So we're, we'll, we'll be paying them every single month and it's coming directly off of principal. And then we'll have a balloon payment uh, in the near future. Those are our short-term owner financing deals. And then other ones we're more than okay with paying interest uh, as long as we're getting these much longer uh, term deals like 20-year mortgages or 30-year mortgages with no balloon. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, my experience, the hardest part is finding someone with a property they don't free and clear that's willing to cooperate with, you know, seller financing. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, it's, I've met some people here and there, but normally they're looking for a you know pretty large down payment, 
or something like that. And uh, it kind of defeats, you know, you say, oh, I want 40% down. I say, well, I could just go to the bank and get, you know, 20% down and make the deal work. Um, so, you know, without giving away too much of your secret sauce here, how, how are you guys able to convince homeowners to work with you in that, in that way? Yeah. And I, I love this question because we get it asked every single time. And the change in, in the question really is <clears throat> how do we solve their problem? Yeah. Uh, as we're not convincing anybody of anything, really, we're just figuring out which homeowners get their problem solved mm-hmm. through our ability to buy on seller finance. So give me some examples. Um, and, uh, and you can find some of these examples in our, in our master's class as well. But that is, we had a, a property that we purchased uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a family that was moving out of state. The, prop, the, the people inherited the property. Um, so that's a prime good type of motivation. You got a, a second generation. They don't want the real estate anymore. Uh, and uh, they weren't able to sell it traditionally. So the next best option is, hey, look, I can create money on this. So talk about being a passive investor themselves. What they're doing is they're putting themselves in a position to have an asset that can produce money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be collecting monthly payments. And in the near future, we'll pay them off completely. So a real great way for a seller to be able to take what they have right now and to turn an investment themselves. Uh, another seller, uh, out-of-state owner, lived out in Indiana. Uh, he's a teacher. He had a second home that was in uh, Connecticut. Uh, there was a, unfortunately, there was like a family tragedy and they didn't want to go back to this house. Wow. Really nice property, mid four hundred or low four hundred thousand dollar property on a uh, on a lake in Connecticut. So we approached him, and uh, and he was more than okay with selling us a property. It was uh, I think the the numbers were uh, three ninety nine. We bought it for we purchased it uh, for a thousand dollars a month principal only payments mm-hmm. and forty eight month balloon. Mm-hmm. So this this property will soon be cashed out in the next uh, twelve months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a great, great way for a seller to be able to find a solution. Didn't want to travel back and forth. Didn't want to have to deal with the hassles of the traditional market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get somebody like myself that approaches them and says, hey, I got a solution. You know, I can I can give you your price. I can give you some cash flow. And all I need you to do is hold paper on this property for the next you know, three to five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many of those stories out there. And as you and I know, uh, I think there's a stat that goes out. It's roughly a third of the properties nationally. Uh, in the United States are debt free. So mm-hmm. I don't care Like you could, you could be really bad uh, at more or less co- uh, working with sellers and solving their problems. And you are eventually going to come across a deal that is a free and clear property that you just happen to be there in the right place at the right time. Now, I'm not saying that should be the approach. It's going to take a long time. But if you understand on how you can solve people's problems uh, by utilizing this solution, then as soon as you know that you have a seller that's motivated and you uh, can solve their challenge, it, it becomes real, not easy, but it becomes simple to say, hey, all right, how do we structure these terms now to make sure that it's profitable for me and then also uh, solves your problem? No, I love that. That's great. And, uh, you know, in a healthy market like this, there's buyers to then, you know, sell the property to. I guess one of the risks I, I can recognize there is in the scenario where you're locking in a loan uh, or, uh, you know, note on the property, uh, you give them the price they're looking for, you know, you're, you pay the, the principal only payment, which is great, you're paying that down. But I guess if the market drops at a faster rate than what you're paying the loan down at, you could run into an issue there of kind of being underwater. And, and I guess at, at that point, if, if you can't find a buyer, you could maybe give the 
note back to the, uh, give the property back to the owner, I guess. That's the solution in that case. Cause, um, yeah, let, let's, yeah, let's talk about that too. Uh, so we didn't personally sign on anything. Um, and, uh, so our credit's not being affected and it's our company that that's purchased the property. So yes, uh, morally and ethically, that's not the route that we go, but legally that could be a route that you could go, right. Mm-hmm. You give the property back. Yeah. Um, and you, you had no money in the deal. You just, you basically are giving up the equity in which you put in, yeah. but what, what's common to us is just say, Hey, Mr. Seller, um, let's, let's structure something. We can get an extension on this, on this note. Yeah. Uh, you don't want the property back. We're more than okay. We continue to pay it. Look mm-hmm. at the markets drop significantly. Hey, let us continue to make these payments. Let us pay down this principal. So that way we can exit the deal sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll continue to maintain everything and you don't have to deal with it. All we're asking is for an extension of the term. Right. But we've changed many of these deals from uh, originally a three-year deal to then uh, offering them um, like maybe a bigger lump sum at the end of every, you know, at, at end of every year to get an additional year as long as we're getting more principal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we've extended them even further. We had a three-year deal that turned into a twenty-one-year deal because wow. after about five years, we said to them, "Hey, let's instead of doing principal-only payments, let's give you interest mm-hmm. uh, and let's structure a mortgage." And they were more than okay with doing a fifteen-year term on mm-hmm. that new mortgage. So now we have a twenty-one-year deal. So there's always the deal within the deal, and I think as long as you continue to keep open communication, and again, you're solving that seller's problem, um, then then it's real easy to, uh, or simple to be able to uh, negotiate longer terms is again, as long as both parties are, are, are happily involved in the relationship. Yeah, no, I like that. I, and you guys have done this thousands of times, right? So uh, how many of these have you done? Yeah, me personally, I've done hundreds of these locally, but then I, we have students around the country in which I've helped them be able to do, you know, thousands of these types of deals now uh, wow. throughout North America. So uh, these, these types of transactions are even becoming more prevalent now and mm-hmm. we're starting to see trends of a lot of other types of real estate investors, mm-hmm. uh, like fix and flips, because now it, the margins there just aren't there. Uh, mm-hmm. Wholesalers, because the, the market is so competitive now, they're moving into this creative financing space because they're starting to realize like, hey, we have way more levers to pull. So it's more people that we can actually help mm-hmm. uh, on these types of deals. And then, of course, as you build up your portfolio and you have uh, you know deposits coming in and you got uh, so now you could start to leverage the cash that you have in your business mm-hmm. to be able to get even better deals. Because then you said, look, I've approached many people. I've heard many people be approached for seller finance and they say, hey, I want a deposit. Yeah. Well, now that you have reserves, now you go to them and say, hey, yeah, I'm definitely willing to give you a deposit, but let's make sure the balloon payment's 10 years now versus four. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that the, the monthly payment or the interest rate's lower. Or uh, so it just gives you the ability to play now because now you have some capital to play around with and you get better and better deals. And that's kind of how our business model is is uh, starting to, to turn now. Because with COVID, I mean, you and I both know, look how many people out there have so much equity in their home and now potentially could lose it because of this current situation because they're now in default. Yeah. So those types of sellers are people that we're aiming to help now because it's we could catch up the default close on the property and now buy these properties subject to the existing loan mm-hmm. uh, and be able to help the sellers save some of their equity. So that way they don't lose out on that. Plus don't get their credit damaged. So mm-hmm. those are, those are uh, some, some new niches just based on today's uh, today's market that we can help. Wow. Subject to that's interesting. So they could still have their note on the property, 
Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess the bank's okay with that, the current lender, right? Uh, that's interesting. Wow, that's a whole nother level. And so then you don't even need free and clear properties, ideally, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We buy plenty of properties subject to the existing loan as well. Uh, a lot of them, uh, they tend to be uh, before more or less this entire situation happened. They tend to be people that were selling their property for what they owe. And if they sell it traditionally, they're coming out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars or their second round is through a short sale, which you and I both know their credit is going to be damaged significantly. So instead, we change that up. So I actually working on a deal right now. It's in Southern Connecticut. Uh, the guy is selling his property for uh, 285 and he owes, I think, 290 on it. So it was either short sale or, or we help him because uh, he refinanced a couple of years ago and now the market stayed flat and now he has no equity in his house. Mm. So I approached him and said, because he wants to move to Washington now to be close to his grandchild. They said, look, I can buy this property. Uh, I'm going to close on it. I'll pay the transfer fees. Um, we're just going to leave the loan in place. Title will transfer and uh, contractually in our agreement, we're going we're gonna to state that there's a loan still in place and, and we're the ones that continue to make the payments on that. And then over time, in the next five, 10 years, the principal is going to pay down on the house and appreciation is going to happen in the property. So eventually I can sell the property for a profit. And in the meantime, I'll take care of everything, maintain it and all that. Uh, and then I'll get you get your loan paid off in the future. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Wow, Zachary, so you guys do a lot over there. Very interesting stuff. I like your story. Um, so how could people get in touch with you to uh, learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give away some free things here. Uh, I know that we've covered just the surface of, yeah. uh, of creative financing. So I go to smartrealestatecoach.com slash master's class. That's smartrealestatecoach.com slash master's class. It's a 35-minute uh, video that uh, me and my partner and father-in-law did. Uh, we break down our three major techniques. We got four of them, but three in our exit strategy as well. And then you'll get a free strategy call with that. Uh, but if you're already familiar with credit financing and you just want to know how you can incorporate some of these other techniques, then go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash action. That's slash action. Uh, it's just six you know, simple questions. And then uh, either uh, myself or one of my teammates will hop on the phone with you and we'll uh, give you some good nuggets, but also uh, teach you how to be able to implement some of this into your business. That's great. That's great. So you guys are actively doing these types of deals. You're uh, coaching other people on how to do it as well. That's very interesting stuff. Um, do you guys have like a real estate group or anything like that? Or I, I guess within the smart real estate network is your, is your group, right? Yeah. So smart real estate coach is uh, the company. We have uh, a couple different things. I don't know if you're on clubhouse and if you're listening, you're on clubhouse, uh, just uh, search wicked smart real estate. Wicked Smart Real Estate, that is our club on there as well. We host a bunch of different free, of course, Clubhouse is free, uh, free um, uh, rooms where we talk about all different types of creative financing. And we have not only us, but mentors, people that are in some major spaces uh, on with us as well. And, and Aaron, if you're on, I'd love to have you on. Um, and uh, also we do free live trainings every single week. You just have to be on our email list. So as soon as you dive into either one of those, you can be placed on our email list uh, like Tonight, I know it's Thursday. I know you won't hear this. It won't be uh, heard. But every single Thursday night from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time, we do a free live Zoom call with either us or one of our uh, teammates or affiliates. Uh, so that way, everyone can continue to get free training uh, and to be able to implement this type of technique in their business. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Great. Thank you so much, Zachary, for coming on. Really enjoyed our chat here. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Aaron Fragnito. I'm co-host 
I'm sorry, I'm host of the People's uh, Passive Cashflow Podcast, co-owner of People's Capital Group. And uh, I think we're up to episode uh, 55 or so at this point. So hopefully you can catch all of our other episodes here at peoplescapitalgroup.com. And we're on all major podcast sites as well. And uh, we, of course, do the passive real estate investments and work with passive investors throughout the country. But we focus on buying real estate in northern Jersey and short-term rentals in southern Vermont. So we've been doing this about 10 years. And you can learn more about becoming a passive investor at peoplescapitalgroup.com. If you want to do the heavy lifting and learn how to be an active investor, then connect with Zachary Beach here. And he can help you out on that side of the smart, real, wicked smart real estate coach. Wicked smart. Boy, not a not an ounce of uh, humility in there. <laughs> I'm, just you. I'm just teasing you. Oh uh, no, I like it. I actually have your uh, both your uh, father-in-law's books uh, as well. He, he he sent those over to me. I really appreciate that. I was uh, reading through it the other day. Love it. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Have a good day. Thanks for coming on.